Welcome to Love Rules, the radio ministry of Roxbury Presbyterian Church in Boston. My mom, Liz Walker, was Boston's first African-American television news anchor, but her most important job is what she does right now at RPC, preaching the good news about God's love. The Bible says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. How does that work? Join my mom now as she offers us Love Rules from Roxbury Presbyterian Church. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Love Rules. The message today, praying for others. Our text, one scripture from John 17, the first verse. Father, the time has come. Glorify your son so that your son may glorify you. Now, of course, you know that the 17th chapter of John is is this beautiful prayer, the longest prayer in the New Testament that Jesus gives, that Jesus recites, that Jesus renders before he faces his destiny, before he faces the cross. And I really suggest that you read the entire chapter. I go back to it all the time, and there's always something more to learn there. But I'm just going to read that first verse for today. I'll read it again, just to get us kind of started. But I want you to read John 17. The first verse, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, so that your Son may glorify you. When was the last time you prayed for somebody else? I mean, really, really prayed for somebody else. Perhaps on your knees with real passion and intention, not concerned about the time, not concerned about those issues that float in and out of our minds when we pray, but really focused on this other person or these other people. Well, I want to talk today for a few minutes about intercessory prayer. Prayer in and of itself, of course, is powerful and sometimes a puzzling practice of the believer's life, but it's more universal than most other disciplines in our faith. Every faith has some form of prayer. From Buddhism to Hinduism to Islam, prayer is also the source of much confusion of those who live outside faith traditions. People don't understand why we pray. It's only when you pray and pray consistently and unceasingly that you begin to understand what prayer accomplishes. So when people say to me, why do you pray? All I can answer is, it works. Prayer works on so many levels. So I pray a lot. First thing I do in the morning, and I'm trying to make a habit out of praying more during the day. But as much as I love to pray, I don't think I do enough intercession. Now, Jesus was and is an intercessor. So I've decided to use excerpts from his longest prayer, John 17, when he faces his greatest trial, because it can give us some instruction on interceding. I'm defining intercessory prayer as going before the Lord on behalf of others. In a sense, all prayer, whether it's for others or yourself, is intercessory because you are praying to God through Jesus Christ. But today, I want to talk specifically about praying for others because I just don't think we do it enough. Now, John 17 follows the three-chapter farewell discourse in which the Lord prepares his disciples for life without him. Sometimes it is referred to as the Holy of Holies of the New Testament because of the depth and breadth of its truths and the fact that it spans hundreds, even thousands of generations. Jesus prays for himself, he prays for his disciples, and then He prays for you and me. Verse 20, my prayer is not for the disciples alone. My prayer is for those who believe in me through their message, 
The profundity, the wisdom, the power of that statement alone is enough to meditate on for the rest of our lives. More than 2,000 years ago, Jesus prayed for me. There's an old school spiritual. Somebody prayed for me, had me on their mind, took the time to pray for me. I don't know if you know that. I love that song, and I I really love it because I'm not a singer, but it's such a beautiful song because it goes, I'm so glad they prayed. I'm so glad they prayed. I'm so glad they prayed for me. But this idea that Jesus prayed for us 2,000 years ago, well, that takes that song to another level. And while that alone is extraordinary, remember Jesus is praying this prayer a few hours before he is tortured, humiliated, and murdered on the cross. At a time, it would be reasonable for anyone, even with the divinity and perfection of Jesus Christ, to focus entirely on themselves. Jesus prays that you and I would be one, as he is one with the Father. Jesus wanted you and me to have all the benefits of God's presence and blessings that are available. Here we discover in this prayer the definition of eternal life. Verse 3, that they, believers, you and I, should know the one true God and Jesus Christ, whom God sent. Knowledge in this context is not simply about information on God. It refers to our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. This prayer also reveals the love, the compassion, the grace, the faithfulness that Jesus expressed through his death. Gifts from a God who loves us so much that he gave us his only begotten son. Oh, this prayer is wonderful. It it shows us the true nature of God, but it's instructive on one of our most important parts of faith, our connection to each other. It's not just about fellowship. We need to pray for each other. We need to pray for each other. The Bible, all the way through, gives us instructions on praying for each other. Exodus 34, 9, Moses bowed down on the ground and at once worshiped. He said, now, if I have found favor in your sight, O Lord, I pray, let the Lord go along in our midst, even though the people are obstinate. Pardon our sin. Take us as your own possession. Ephesians 6, 18, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5, 25, brothers and sisters, pray for us. Intercessory prayer is how we best develop the mind of Christ, reflecting God's grace and mercy. As Christians, we want to think like Christ. We want to act like Christ. We want to be like Christ. But prayer is the best practice of getting outside ourselves. Through prayer, we we learn an intimacy with God. In a sense, prayer for others allows us to partner with God. 1 Corinthians 3.9, for we are God's fellow workers. I'm so glad you're with us today. Here's a special invitation. Join me at Vision New England's Go Conference at the Connecticut Convention Center in Hartford, May 20th and 21st. Here's some dynamic preachers. Be inspired and uplifted while together we learn more effective ways of taking the gospel to our friends, our neighbors, and co-workers in order to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly. That's Vision New England's Go Conference, May 20th and 21st in Hartford, Connecticut. 
And here's a special deal. If you if you are a, a Love Rules listener, you can log on to goconf.org. That's G-O-C-O-N-F dot org. And then go down to the coupons part of the registration. And after you've registered, just type in Love Rules and you'll get a 15% discount. And you'll hear some messages that just may change your life. So join us. Some people think that intercessory prayer is reserved for those we consider to be prayer warriors, as if they are the super prayers. They're the ones who get the special seating, who wear the big hats, who get the attention during services. Now, there are a lot of people like that at churches, especially at RPC. But we are all called by God to intercede. We are all called to pray for each other. We all have access to the power of the Holy Spirit when we do not know what to pray. And we all face the same wrath when we don't intercede. 1 Samuel 12, 23, far be it from me that I should sit against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. Why should we pray for others? When Nick graduated from college and started going on auditions in New York City, he and I began this uh, kind of habit of getting together right before his audition and praying. First, we started just praying for jobs. Lord, let Nick get this job. But over time, we began to kind of grow and mature in our prayers together. And Nick began to thank God just for the opportunity to audition. I began to pray that God would help Nick do his best no matter what the outcome. The more my son and I prayed, the more we learned how to pray. We had to learn to stop approaching God like he was some genie in the bottle or our personal magician. And we had to start understanding this journey of Nick's, just like my journey, was one of growing in Christ. And a big part of that, I would say one of the single most important parts of that, was learning to pray from the heart. Not my will, but thy will be done. I know our prayers are answered, not because Nick gets all the jobs on Broadway, but because Nick now has made it a habit to pray. Wherever he is in the country, before he does anything, he'll call me and say, Mom, do you have time to pray? Is there any special formula for this intercessory prayer? Not that I've discovered. As long as you're praying unceasingly from the heart with faith and love, I would say you're doing it right. Now, I have grown to learn to pray in more detail, not because God doesn't know everything, but because it helps me. And I believe we should always approach the throne of mercy and grace with passion as if our lives depended on it. The first chapter of Colossians offers a wonderful guide on how to pray for other believers, be thankful for their faith and changed lives, ask God to let them know what he wants them to do, ask God to give them a deeper spiritual understanding and to help them live for him, ask God to give them more knowledge of him, ask him to strengthen them for endurance, and ask God to fill them with joy, strength, and thankfulness. So you can figure out a, your own kind of formula for prayer, but you need to give God the glory first. And you might want to ask for forgiveness and then just make your needs and desires known to Christ. Our answered prayer is predicated on the number of people praying. Now, from what I've researched, praying is not a matter of numbers, but I have to tell you that I've taken part in some prayer chains and I've joined large groups of people praying on a specific subject, and it has resulted in answered prayers. So who's to say for sure? One thing I know, the more people who pray, the more glory God gets, and that is always a good thing. 
Philip Yancey describes a scene out of the book of Revelations when heaven becomes quiet and still and an angel collects all the prayers that have ever been prayed on earth, prayers of pain and praise, repentance and forgiveness, fear and hope. And these angels mix those prayers with incense and present them before the throne of God. And the silence is broken. And then the prayers are all hurled back down to earth amid peals of rumbling, flashes of lightning and an earthquake. God's kingdom and his final victory are literally prayed into reality. Make that your reality. Pray for somebody today. Thanks for joining me. Be blessed. Thank you for tuning in. Roxbury Presbyterian Church is located at 328 Warren Street, right in the heart of Roxbury. Come worship with us on Sundays at 11 a.m. This is a listener-supported program. We invite you to partner with us and learn the many ways that love rules. Visit us on our website, RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org, or call us at 617-445-2116. Love will reign if you let love